Hello and welcome, bug catchers, to Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. My name is Chicory Tan. Oh, yeah. AKA Tanner Greenring. And I am joined, as always, by my co host, Fialligator. That's a good one. AKA Josh Fielstad. And I am joined, as never before, <laughs> by Sims DeQuill. Okay. AKA. Okay. David Sims. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty respectable. That's good. It's all of our starters, guys. Right, right, right. I, I, I see the pattern. Do you get it? Oh, that is cute. Okay. I'm glad you guys got it. <laughs> David Sims. Hi. He's a <laughs> host of Blank Check. It's a podcast about filmographers who found so much success in their careers that they were given a playing check to work on whatever passion projects they wanted to. Nailed it. Very good. And he loves Pokemon and he wanted to battle us. So we thought we'd throw him a bone and just be like, oh, sure, we're going to fucking smoke <laughs> this dude. But that's not what happened. It's a Pokemon podcast. Each week, we play the Pokemon games, starting with Gen 1, which we've done, and now we're on Gen 2, and we are at the halfway point-ish, I think. It's unclear, and Josh doesn't remember enough about playing it the first time around to say <laughs> with any confidence what happens now that we're done with the Johto region. Well, we go on to fight the Elite Four, but I did have that mixed up because I thought... After Claire, the gym leader we fought and successfully defeated this week, we then went to Olivine and took the SS Aqua, and then you go to Vermilion. But that's a different thing. That's not the case. That's not what happened. That happens at some point. I remember the the vague gist of it if you want to know, but maybe you want to be surprised? No. Give <laughs> us the vaguest of gists. You go up and you fight the Elite Four. You do that first. Okay. And then I believe you are given a ticket to the boat. Oh, then you do it. I was saying to Josh, I assumed it was the high-speed train. No, you take the boat, and then when you arrive in Vermilion, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a train, but the power plant is not, you know, there's a whole to do, you have to do a uh, bunch of things uh. to get the train running. <laughs> you know, there's, there's various obstacles to you uh, visiting towns. Classic. The classic Pokemon thing is just them being like, you can't go to that town right now. Something's broken, the infrastructure's crumbling, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. There's one thing I assume is working well, like a well-oiled machine, and it's the SS Anne as <laughs> captained by Captain Squirt. <laughs> I assume that that's doing really well still in Kanto, but I'll have to wait until next week to see because we are not there yet. We took a journey this week, gentlemen. Oh, man. From Mahogany Town, due east to Blackthorn City, didn't we? Yeah. But first, we were waylaid by a couple of events, including a virtual event, which was recapturing the radio tower from Team Rocket, and an IRL event, which was the three of us meeting up to do battle. Hell yeah. Which do we want to explore first, Joshua? I think we should talk about the battle. Oh, do we want to talk about the battle? Because I feel like it's not all that interesting. And like, <laughs> you know, it just happened and it was fine. And, and let's like, let's, it's, it's not a big deal. And let's just not talk about it. And let's just. It was pretty straightforward. Some people won and some people lost and that's it. And then, you know. Some people didn't lose. Mm. One person didn't lose. There was people who won. 
There was people who won and lost, and there were people who lost. I guess that's, yeah. that would be the shakedown, right? Yeah. And it's not important to say who lost and did nothing but lose and who did nothing but win. <laughs> Don't we think? Yeah, yeah. We're all, you know, you win some, you lose some. All right, let's talk about these stupid battles that I didn't even have fun doing. Yeah. I feel like you learned a lot, though. You know what was good this time? Actually, what was really helpful is having two coaches yes who were willing to tell me everything i was doing wrong as i battled the other benevolent brilliant coaches i think both of us were just over your shoulder being like eh, you're, you're gonna want to use spark right now like oh, oh yeah no that's good that's good yeah, yeah, yeah do that do that you know like a lot of that over your shoulder when we were battling yeah we met up at our, our favorite haunt i want to call it hatley's but i know that's not right it's hartley's <laughs> and we battled and i guess the prudent thing would be to say what teams we were working with going into this triad battle together the bug catchers certainly want to know that. David, I think as the guest, I think you should be able to go first with your level check. I'm happy to. Yes, uh, just yes. I, I basically just forced myself onto this podcast because I wanted an excuse to play a Pokemon <laughs> game. I played Pokemon Crystal. Hell yeah. Best one. To give a little balance to your gold and silver experiences. But uh, obviously, basically the same game. Sorry, sorry. Let's talk about my team. Okay, guys. You had animated sprites, which was novel to see for us. I did. I have the saucy Gengar. Marissa's got moves. When I was fighting your Gengar, uh, he does like a little sort of butt shake when he comes out. Like all of them do a little move. <laughs> like Noctowl kind of like tilts his head a little bit. How many of them are butt shakes? Gengar does this like very like aggressive little sort of sexy leg wiggle. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's okay. It's fine to talk about the Pokemon you think are sexy on this show. That this is a yeah safe space. So it's the one time you can really let loose on that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no one who will listen to me on those topics. Uh, no. Uh, okay. All right. So. So I have been, while you guys have been working through the game, in fact, I don't even know because I haven't even heard the last couple episodes yet because we're recording in advance. I don't even know exactly the odyssey you guys have been on oh, yeah. of late, but I walked into the bar with six level 45 Pokemon. They're all level 45. Oh, yeah. That was the level cap we all set. Yes. Yep. I decided to name them all after directors I had covered on my show on Blank Check because... You guys do cool names. I don't know. I wanted to be like in the cool name club. So here's what I had. All right. Okay. Okay. I had a, a level 45 Dragonair. Ooh. <laughs> who I named Demi after Jonathan Demi. Very good. Is Dragonair the sexy one? Um, yeah. Yeah. Dragonair was sexy. Dragonair is very live. The little horn? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. We already know your opinion about Dragonair, Tanner. And Jonathan Demi, is he sexy? Jonathan Demi was a <laughs> handsome man. And and he okay. also was somewhat lithe. So yes, I suppose you could say that. Okay. That was the naming convention that made the least sense. I don't know why I named my Dragonair Demi. I think I just that he was who we were covering at the time and he was exciting and new and I got this Stratini late and I uh that was the one I really had to work to get him up to, you know, uh speed with everybody else. So maybe that's why. All right. I also had I had a level forty five polywhirl. Named Cameron, named after James Cameron, of course, uh, the director of many underwater epics. Mm -hmm. So that's why he got that name. Perfect. Uh, he is still a polyworld because I have not found a water stone. I have not received the phone call to get it or whatever. There's a whole bizarre friend mechanism in Pokemon Crystal to get those things, and I haven't gotten one. That we're both jealous of. 
Yes, in Crystal, you need to make friends with the right people, and then one day they're going to call you and be like, hey, I got a water stone. Come get it from me. Yeah. That was my leftover knowledge from playing Crystal, and part of the reason that I keep trying to befriend all these people, but nobody is giving me the goods. <laughs> right. What a chump. Just talk about quillfish. Right. They just tell you how hard their rattata is working. All right. So who else? I had a, a level 45 Umbreon. Oh, yeah. The dark evolved form of Eevee, who I named Myers after Nancy Myers because... Well, because Eevee is very cute, but also, you know, I feel like Umbreon is very classy and stylish, very cool and sort of upscale Pokemon. I had to spend absolutely so much money on that Eevee because I fed it lots and lots of really <laughs> expensive HP ups and proteins and calciums just to make it love me because you can only get an Umbreon if you level up your Eevee happily at night. Oh, wow. It's a very complicated procedure. What a mechanic. David, if I may. Yes. I'd also like to pause for a second, and I'd like to give Joshi's sweetie to the Umbreon. You were impressed. Oh, wow. You were impressed. And for any new listeners out there, especially you Blankies, Joshi's Sweeties are a Pokemon I pick every week from our adventure that I think are cute, fun, a little bit saucy, or just kind of left an impression. And this week, that was David's Umbreon, Nancy Myers. The Umbreon sprite in Crystal specifically does... A full body, like, great little, like, gyration. Yeah, it does a waggle. Oh, yeah. Goes from, like, head, torso, tail. Very fun. Right. Got the saucy look. Yeah, it's kind of looking at you askance. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind improving. Love Nancy Myers. I wouldn't mind improving my relationship with Umbreon at night, if you know what I mean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, Tanner said that twice to get it, to make sure we all heard it. Unfortunately, we heard it. (laughs) Espeon was a sweetie already on Enshrined on the list, and um, actually I tried, thought about bringing an Espeon into my team, but instead of having the endurance that David did, I just gave up. It's a huge, huge, huge pain in the ass. It is basically the ways you make them happy are you can't let them faint because that costs them happiness. So you have to be really careful about that. Yeah. You put them at the front of your team and you walk around with them and then you give them haircuts and you give them medicine and it's just it's just a whole production. Yeah. I don't really recommend it. Where do Pokemon haircuts happen? In Goldenrod. In the underground. Okay. There's a special fella, two of them actually, and they, they'll be there at specific times the to give brothers. out haircuts. Yes, the haircut brothers. Yeah, and one of them is like highbrow and the other one's lowbrow. Yes. So that took forever. I had also meant that my Umbreon was a total tank because its HP is like abnormally high because of all the medicine I gave. <laughs> yeah. Umbreon is now a sweetie, Tanner. Okay. Officially. Umbreon will be added to the list. Adding it now. Because I have been turned by the. Turned in more ways than one by the Umbreon sprite in Crystal. You're Umbresexual now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So who else did I have? Well, I had my starter, Typhlosion. You know, my I started with a Cyndaquil because you guys picked the other two. Uh, and I like Cyndaquil okay. I don't love the look of Typhlosion. He's just sort of this big furry blob. Yeah. I mean, I like a fire type. He's been uh, effective. And he's named after George Lucas, obviously, because that's the first person <laughs> we ever covered on my podcast. 
And then I had a Magneton, level 45, called Nolan, named after Christopher Nolan because of his perhaps unfairly earned reputation as a robotic and uh, sort of industrial filmmaker. That's good. <laughs> you really gave this a lot of consideration. Wow, Absolutely. Yeah. And then I had a level 45 Alakazam named Shyamalan after Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, the master of, you know, weird mind games, I guess. I don't know. He makes he makes like twisty movies. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> totally. Just don't think about it that much. Great lineup. <laughs> Obviously I hated it. <laughs> Cause I lost to every single one of them. You guys had some very interesting teams. I was surprised. There were guys I didn't know were gonna show up. it was very exciting. For the rest of the bug catchers, that's because we battled when we were at episode five live. So David was going in. We had no idea who any of David's Pokemon were. Right. That was a fun reveal. And he did not know, on my team, at least two or three of them. And I think he did not know, like, three or four on Tanner's team. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I had some new boys. Josh, you want to go? Yeah, mine's pretty straightforward. It's also all 45s across the board. The champions team. Josh used champions. (laughs) So... I should say, before we keep going on, my character in Pokemon Silver, Joshua, names his Pokemon after the OC characters, which is a show he loves, and Tanner's character in Gold, Fjellstan, names his Mon after leaders in Civilization VI, a favorite game of mine, because he's my biggest fan. The character in the game is my biggest fan. Yeah. Which... Might not all be that obvious if you haven't heard the show before. Right. (laughs) So we had Sandy Cohen, Noctel, leading up the front. Not super useful in this one. I taught him Thief because I wanted to have one thing that could deal with what I was suspecting is that David might have a psychic, which he did end up having, but Thief did not really do any damage yeah thief was kind of a a wet fart that one didn't really yeah 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 the um dark based tms in this gen leave something to be desired yeah so then we had ryan atwood scyther ryan atwood did a fair amount of damage i I would say is arguably the mvp then we had summer the lapras 45 yes the tank of my team Mm -hmm. a monster (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she she was a sleeper hit. I have no comment because I lost. I don't think there was a single one of your Pokemon that I took out in any way. So they were all sleeper hits when it came to Fjallstan. There was a lot of sleeping, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lapras is she's just a, a sponge. You know, you just had to throw so much at her to get rid of her that uh, it would really you would be lost. Yeah, and she has my most diverse move set in terms of like types because she covers surf. Ice Beam, Body Slam, and Confuse Ray. It's not bad. Right. Then Dr. Roberts, who against all odds continues to be on the team, but is now finally a golem. Who do you have to thank for that? Finally got that evolve in. I'm not useful in these battles. I kept putting him up accidentally against Cameron, the Poliwhirl. And uh, he just ended up being out at the time. We were all doing a fair amount of switching, but uh, he got KO'd both times. Marissa the Gengar now 
level 45. She was useful. She sucked. I hated her. I realized that the issue I was having with her which was that like all the ghost moves suck in this one. Other than Shadow Ball, but Shadow Ball counts as a physical move in this generation. And she has all special. But I found out that the elemental punches count as special attacks in this gen because it was used to be grouped just based on like the type rather than like the move. So electric, ice, and fire are all special. So I taught her ice punch, fire punch, and then she had hypnosis and dream eater. So she was fun. Fun for you. Yeah, she's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Julie Cooper, Weepin' Bell, level 45. She was fine. She was fine. She has sleep powder, and that sucked. Nothing really to write home about. My team, I guess, if it's going to have a fun nickname like Joshua's Champions, it's going to be Fjallstan's Fugly Losers, because <laughs> all we did was lose, 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 no matter what, which is fine, because it's not about winning, you know? It's about having fun with friends. Yeah. It's about meeting up and battling and having fun, and my lineup is all 45s, too. First, there's uh, Quinshi Huang, my Garaferig, level 45, useless. There was Poundmaker, my Growlithe, level 45, useless. There was Gorgo, who I took the time to rename at the Name Raider, because its name was Golga, which is nothing. It's like a Canadian wrestler from the 80s. But <laughs> yeah. Meganium, level 45, Christina, my Nido Queen. Uh, and I did evolve my Nido Queen, by the way. So she's she was bad already. Yeah, she made her big debut. But she didn't do much do me much good, level forty five. Harold, my lantern, level forty five, and a newcomer to the team that I labored away in one of the tiny rooms in Mount Mortar for like an hour for a one percent catch rate. Hojo Tokamine, my Azumeral, level forty five. What a cutie Azumeral is. Yeah. That one also had a very festive sprite i love this thing what a cutie oh yeah didn't do me much good in the battles i lost every single battle that i did against josh and david and that's fine but it was a good looking team good looking team very very stylish i thought nicely arranged artful yes i learned some things like apparently um there's something called tight matchups and it's important <laughs> sure <laughs> It's important you learn that now. I would like swap in like Meganium when David had Typhlosion out and Josh would be like, oh, that's a bad idea. And it's like, oh, no, I understand that now. I could see why putting in a plant type against a fire type is a bad idea. Yeah, think about it. So Josh swept us. Well, Josh didn't quite sweep us. David, you took a a win or two off of Josh, right? Yes. I know, Josh, that you're going to put in some audio, some field audio from the actual battles, but we'll play some of the audio that we captured in the battle. Hello, it's Tanner. I am coming to you from Hatley's in Brooklyn, where we are sitting here. It is Hartley's. Josh says apparently the place is called Hartley's and not Hatley's, but David and Josh are preparing to battle now, and I'm here to do live commentary as they battle. Josh's uh, Pokemon are all named after uh, OC characters. David's are all named after directors, so it's the directors versus the SoCal hotties tonight. I'll be back in a moment to tell you how it goes. So David and, and Josh just entered the battle arena, and... 
David's female avatar was forcibly spun around and turned into a man for this battle. It's Joshua versus Gringus. David is now, I think, one up. I think you have one more than me. But you have one of my sleep. Yeah. Which is a real problem. I got, yeah, you got Umbreon to sleep. <laughs> I put Umbreon to sleep with my opener, which was Noctowl. Removed Noctowl because I had no moves that would affect Umbreon. And then I brought out Dr. Roberts. But David swapped Umbreon. Brought in Poliwhirl. Poliwhirl got a just one hit KO. And uh, I brought in Julie Cooper, the Weeping Bell. Yes, and Typhlosion took her down. Yeah, Lucas came out and wiped, a, wiped her out. Then we had Summer, Lapras comes out. We got an Ice Beam from Lapras on Dragonair, and that was a one-hit KO. Rest in petals. I, Joshua, I'm now one up. Polymoral gave it a shot against Lapras, but yeah, didn't yeah. make it. And then uh, Shyamalan, my uh, Alakazam, yeah. fi- finally finished her off. And now he's going to have to give it a go with Sandy Cohen. Yeah, Summer goes down, and now it's... M. Night Shyamalan versus Sandy Cohen. Alakazam versus Noctowl. Early 2000s matchup. I mean, you know. Yeah. Those are two icons of 2004. Endgame was... Uh... I had three left. And you only... I basically... I finally took out your Gengar with my uh, Alakazam. That's right. Uh, which was somewhat lucky, just kind of... I, I swapped out of a Dream Eater situation. I got an extra yeah, hit on right. you. I put Typhlosion to sleep, got a Dream Eater out. Then I made the mistake of doubling down on Dream Eater. David swaps in Alakazam, nothing with Dream Eater, obviously. And then one hit KO, Psychic. Well, then it was just Scyther, right? That's the yeah, last one. My remaining one Pokemon was... Ryan Atwood, he comes in swinging like he always does at a Newport party. I hit you with, yeah, exactly. Welcome to Cyanwood uh, City. Anyway, anyway. Welcome to Cyanwood, bitch. And I psychic Scyther, took about half, yeah. but not good enough. You slashed Alakazam down. Yeah. I brought in a sleeping Typhlosion, you got rid of him. I brought in a sleeping Umbreon with like 200 hit points. And three slashes. Three slashes while she slept. That was it. Yeah. So one, you had one Pokemon left. With one remaining half hit point Pokemon. Very That's good. game one. Very good. Round two, fight. Gringus versus Joshua. Dr. Roberts Golem versus Magneton Nolan. So that is a swap on David's side, obviously. Then we get Cameron, the Poliwhirl, that gets earthquaked. Dr. Roberts gets one hit KO'd by Surf. Poliwhirl goes down to Sandy Cohen on uh, two confusions, but Sandy Cohen took two ice punches right to the fucking face. And Shyamalan, though his movies may not always be powerful, is knocking everyone out. Shyamalan comes in and uses a future sight on... Summer, the Lapras, oh, but Summer gets off a body slam and paralyzes Alakazam, and that is a devastating development. Shyamalan got off a thunder punch on Lapras, and it was pretty devastating, got like a third of health left, but one more body slam, 
<laughs> Got him. And now Myers, the Umbreon, is coming out. But here comes that Archer Sight, baby. Oh, no! I, I don't know, but Scyther came in and that was that. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I don't know. We, we lost first, track. Here's, here's what you did. I run in my Typhlosion, hoping to one-hit KO your yeah. Scyther. You kept Scyther in. Oh, yeah. Did a slash. I just hit gambled. and crit. And that was that. After that, you were on our... And then I got four crits in a row, and it was just lights out for everybody. If I had, you know, gotten my fire attack in, maybe I would have had a shot, but, you know, it didn't happen. It was like uh, Ryan Atwood saw some nupsies at the pool, and he just started swiping all of them in. (laughs) Next up, we have Tanner versus David, which is... Fjellstan versus Gringus. Gringus has a stew that he ordered. How's the stew? Very, very nice. Very rich and hearty. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fortifying me. All right. Hello, it's Tanner. I'm facing off against David now. I'm very scared. He's eating stew so nonchalantly that it like, it's it's like psyching me out. Tanner used mud slap with meganium on. David's Typhlosion and then both of them swapped out and we're just going from there. We got Hojo <laughs> what's his name? What's the last name? Tukamine. Okay. Which is Azumarill is out and it's versus Nolan aka Christopher Nolan the Magneton. Alright, so there's been a bunch of juggling. I can't recount it. It's literally out of control. We had Myers versus Gorgo. Myers just swapped out for Lucas, the Typhlosion. Now Gorgo got a sleep powder off on whatever I just said, Typhlosion. (laughs) And now Gorgo's getting swapped for Harold. Oh, Lantern's out. Our sweetie baby. Comments here? Yeah, I'm doing poorly. (laughs) Okay. Harold... Took out Typhlosion Lucas with a surf, but Harold has 15 hit points, and now Cameron Poliwhirl is out. They're both surfing each other, and Harold is out. Gringus takes down Fjellstan. Comments? You know, I left it all out on the field. I did my best, but we just couldn't pull through. I'm really hoping for a lot from the team from uh, this second battle. David, it was a weird fight, a lot of juggling, a lot of juggling. Nancy, Nancy came through for me, absolutely annihilated. She's going to do it again, watch it right now. Nancy Myers, as she always does, she came through. So we're starting up this one clean, uh, it's Myers versus Kinshi Wang, it's Girafferig and Umbreon. Umbreon is using super effective bite, which is a dark move in this one. The problem is there's not a killer dark move in Generation 2. So my problem is I play Pokemon like a child. I just want cute Pokemon whom I like, whose moves I couldn't care less about. And it does me no favors. You had a good early start. You were poisoning me. What else were you doing? You had a good Pokemon out early. Maybe it was Meganium? I can't remember. I don't remember. All I know is I left it all out on the field. 
You poisoned me. You were getting on my nerves. You were getting my guys all muddled up. You were confusing. I won. David. And then Shyamalan came out, and, and he just ran roughshod. It, think, was, uh, it was awful. I have a lot of confidence in my team. I have a lot of love for my boys. Um, this was a failure of coaching. The coaching staff is not up to snuff. We haven't looked at enough tape. We haven't... Uh, we, we don't know our matchups well enough yet, and that's on me, and that's, that's my failure... You can't put this on the team. You can't put this on Fiel Stan Sweeties. Uh, I interviewed a man who won four Oscars like two hours ago. This is ridiculous. Right here, and we're like talking about Pokemon. What if I had told him, like, I gotta go, I gotta go play Pokemon. I have to leave now. Doing a quick Fiel Stan versus Joshua battle. Oh, it's off to a rough start. I open with Sandy Cohen, Knock Towel. And Gilstan Tanner opened it with King She's Wang, Grafferig. Hey, it's Tanner. I'm just battling Josh now. I'm swapping out um, Quinn She Wang for Harold. And I'm going to pass, actually, pass the mic over to John Urquhart, our friend who showed up who's never played a Pokemon game in his life, just to get a little commentary. The games are complex. The action is intense. Uh, I see... A lot of fun being had, and I see a lot of damage being inflicted. No, I don't know a lot of the context, but I like what I'm seeing. I accidentally hit sleep powder when I was trying to use sludge bomb on Poundmaker, and then uh, Tanner swapped out Poundmaker, so I put Gorgo to sleep also. I'm sorry. Any comment? Yeah, I hate Josh Mayor Cheat's sleep moves. <laughs> This battle's starting to look like Season 1, Episode 17 of the OC, I believe, where Jimmy Cooper gets punched in the face at the gala because everyone discovers that he's been swindling all their money and Tanner is Jimmy Cooper. Any comment? Yeah, that, and that show is out of its time. It's important to remember that was in 2004, four years before Bernie Madoff or anything oh, like that. Shit, yeah. And, you know, Jimmy Cooper is, is is an important, tragic figure, you know? That scene, you remember the scene where he the card gets declined and he puts another one down and he's like, for the points, I want the points, actually. Yeah. I've always, when I was a kid, I was like, that's what you do if your card gets declined. That's a good move. Very sophisticated. Just put it down, I want the points. Okay, so I only had one Pokemon left, and its name is Lantern, and Mayor Cheat once again uses sleep moves to put me to sleep, so here I am, fucked once again. I hate these sleep moves. Okay, I just lost two matches to David, and I lost two matches to Josh, and you know what? We left it all out on the field. And we did the best we could. I don't know the tight matchups very well, and I don't know how to overcome Mayor Cheat's several sleep moves that he does. But I had a good run, and I had, you know what? I had a lot of fun, and that's that's really the most important part. I mean, Josh, do you want to do it one more time? It's just kind of like, you're going to beat me. I'm not here to, yeah, no, you guys have to go one more time. All right, one more time. We have to. One more time. 
Once again in the champions battle, I still forgot to swap Dr. Roberts uh, when he was faced with Cameron, the Poliwhirl, and again, one hit KO on Surf. Ryan Atwood, the Scyther, finally goes down to Myers, which I will accept. Nancy Myers, very talented. Fine with me. Any last reflections? So we closed out the last game. It was again one-on-one. -on -one. Marissa, the Gengar, versus Megneton, Christopher Nolan. That's right. Uh... It felt good to take down your Scyther. Yeah. It felt good on Tanner's behalf to take down your Weeping Bell, because that had been such a beast for him. Needed to be but, avenged. Uh, but then Gengar comes out. I knew you had Fire Punch, so I really had one shot. I, I tried to confuse you. It didn't work. And then I was, I was a sitting duck. I was a sitting magnet. <laughs> it was... The move any of us would have taken. You yeah. gotta go for the confuse, yeah. especially because uh, Gengar was uh, paralyzed, paralyzed at that point so and that easily could have missed, but then the fire punch landed. Fire punch landed, and it was enough, and uh, Magneton's not too strong, and that was it. But it was a good game. It was very good. Very even, very. Yeah. Very good game. Yeah. I mean, literally, the, the winner and loser was separated by like 70 hit points, right. so. Very exciting. Good game. Good game. Yes. We're shaking hands. Did both battles end with us both on our final Pokemon, I feel like, at least? There was some give and take. I can't remember if it was a clean sweep, but there was definitely multiple of our battles. We were both down to our last Mon. Yes. Just slugging away. We battled three times, and yes. I mean, there was one time when... Uh, your Scyther was the last one, just deal, you know, just slashing everyone who came forward. Yeah, I can't remember exactly the the way the other battles progressed, but it was all it was all very exciting. Actually, I have not battled uh, anyone at Pokemon in probably twenty years, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it was very charming and very silly for me to go to a bar in Brooklyn and bring my two DS with me. And and <laughs> battle a couple of grown men while I ate a beef stew, a bespoke beef stew. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the beef stew was a, a cool move. Yeah, that was a power move. The bar was packed too. I think we have now earned sort of a reputation at that bar because like we're always there playing Pokemon together, and the bartender Dara likes the fact that we do that. And very nice guy. He was impressed with our teams this time, and we brought some prizes. <laughs> yeah. As mentioned in a previous episode, we went on eBay and purchased some Burger King 1999 kids' meal toys. A lot of them, a lot of five. We did some blind pack opening, and we gave one to Dara. He got a uh, Kangaskhan keychain. He loved it. Oh, I should mention also, weirdly, our friend John showed up just sort of out of nowhere. <laughs> Coincidentally, yeah. And hung out with us all night. Hey, guys, I'm new. <laughs> New to the Pokemon world, but it seems fun. What you guys are doing? So he actually also got a Kangaskhan keychain, I think. I took home like a little Golbat plush that has quickly become my son's favorite toy. He just carries it around the apartment. Oh, yes. That's what we were hoping. Yeah. I got a Kangaskhan as well. Oh, John took the uh, Seedra. He took the Seedra, which I was very upset about. Because the Seedra one can suck up water and it's a squirt gun. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the best ability. These are well-made toys, just to be clear. They're they're like surprisingly artisanal. Yeah. Yeah. David, you got the graveler right. and that one did a little bit of a spinning move. Yeah, he can sort of spin around, which amounts to him sort of like writhing around on the floor. Sort of a rolling <laughs> concept. But yeah, he's cool. It took four adult men like several minutes trying to figure out how to like work this graveler. <laughs> yeah. We had to read it since we were like manual. apes at the monolith. <laughs> That's like, like two steps. Slamming away at it. But we figured it out eventually. Daryl went home happy too because he got the, the, the Kangaskhan keychain. He was very tickled by that. Right. So that was fun as well. Yeah. Should we talk about this leg of the game that we played? I think we get into it. For you, David, I suppose it was some time ago, but that's true. But I mean, yeah, let's let's talk about it. So we last week beat Gym Leader Price in Mahogany Town. Price is he's the ice guy, right? He's on the like ice skating ring. Price is ice. Yes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So he was nothing, but like there was this Team Rocket hideout in Mahogany Town where they were doing a small beta experiment, like prototype for a radio-controlled Pokemon mind-control device of some sort. Yeah. And we exploded it. Yeah, it was like a farm of like electrodes or Voltorbs. Right, right. But that was just the beginning because upon coming up from the Team Rocket hideout, we had discovered that there was a larger scale experiment happening back in Goldenrod. So we all needed to make our way back to Goldenrod City where the radio tower had been taken over by Team Rocket grunts. And we had to fight our way to the top. And Joshua and or David, how was that experience for you? I like the varied amount of environments that you get in this one, as opposed to their main schemes in Kanto, where Silphco and the Rocket Hideout under the game corner both have basically the same kind of like style of design, and they both just abuse those transporter like strips and the the ones that send you flying. Oh yeah, this little adventure you take over the radio tower, then you have to go underground to the Goldenrod Underground. Then you end up in like a shipping center that's like underneath the department store. Right, with all the doors. Yeah. And a bunch of like burly dudes. Yeah. You get some like overworld icons for like machokes. Yeah, so I like this more than the previous Rocket Adventures. I like fighting the like board of directors, basically. (laughs) Like all the Rocket executives. That's fun. The Rocket executive, the woman specifically yeah she has a vile plume and that vile plume is the first ever second joshy sweeties wow oh is that allowed you get to have two you make me barfs in the previous episode so i think i can have two sweeties okay and i wasn't expecting to run into david's umbreon oh yeah that's true yeah. That was a curveball, sweetie. Yeah, curveball, sweetie. So, Vileplume, we already know Jaunty Sprite in the first gen. You know, I had one last generation. Love it. But the Vileplume Sprite in Gold, Silver, and Crystal, each game has a great version. You love the Vileplume Sprite. Yeah, man. In Gold... She looks like she's doing a little dance, like pedal dance. Mm-hmm. In silver, she's tipping her flower down like a little hat tip. Yes. A milady. Milady. <laughs> yes. 
And then in Crystal, because it's animated, she does a little shimmy and like the flower moves. Yeah, she sort of wobbles her her petal. I love Vile Plume. She's one of my faves. Yeah. It's a rough journey to get to Vile Plume, but I don't mind her. I agree with that. I mean, Oddish is adorable. Yeah. Big Oddish fan. But yeah, Gloom is a little tough. Yeah, but there's those weird adolescent years. Yeah. And I, I noticed the like rocket grunt that looks like a Jesse sprite. She had a gloom. And it looked it still looked gross. David, what'd you uh what were your, your thoughts? There's a weird kind of melancholy to the rocket story in this game because they all keep sort of talking about like how Giovanni is in hiding and he'll he'll be back and like and it just like the whole you know yeah. and then you just would all you'll meet with some some executives and and they're like yeah come on I mean, this is great right it, it all feels a little sad <laughs> and that's true i do like the how convoluted their plan is the like pokemon mind control plan i also just love how in this game they're like how should we like modernize the game you know it's the sequel we're gonna add stuff right and so they bring in a cell phone that's fine that's 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 pretty modern for the late 90s or whenever this game's coming out right that was progressive, yeah. Right, but then they're also all in on radio. Like th- <laughs> this game is crazy about the radio. They like keep telling you to listen to the radio, and you go to the radio tower, and they're like, "It's the the hottest DJs in town are in here." And it, it's, pinnacle it's, of it's, technology, <laughs> DJ Mary. <laughs> like I, just television and and so and the internet and these these things are still like just distant in the future in Pokemon. It's it's all radio, so it makes sense that Team Rocket's all in on that. The Pokemon Company in 1999, when this game was made, were convinced that like internet was going to be like a flash in the pan. They're just like, nothing's going to come of this. We're all just going to fall back on the the trusty old radio someday. So let's let's go all in on that. <laughs> you guys have a lot of great things to say about the radio tower. I think it's the Pokemon Company up to their old bullshit. Do tell. They make me backtrack once again. <laughs> yeah. I already had to backtrack all the way from Olivine City to Mahogany Town, and now I'm like backtracking on the backtrack to get back to Goldenrod City to battle these Team Rocket grunts in the radio tower. Fight another corporate takeover. They're just yeah. really using the getting the most efficiency out of this tiny little island of Johto that they can. But while you're fighting executives and while you're fighting Team Rocket grunts, you also do battle with a bad boy that I like to call Bad Josh. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. David, what did you name your rival? Okay, so I named him. All right, so my name. Oh, and your your trainer as well, actually. I use the names that I usually use for Pokemon, which my trainer, and for all video games. My trainer is named Gringus, which is a name that I use. It's just like this weird catch-all word that my roommate invented, it doesn't mean anything. It used to be the name she had for every single Game of Thrones character, and it became just a name that I use. I really, it really amuses me to see <laughs> characters in a video game call me Gringus. You know, hey Gringus, how are you doing, Gringus? All that stuff. So we had some fun with it. Yeah. My um, rival is called <laughs> Fail, which is what I usually call him. I usually, either, when I was a kid, I would call him Ugly because I thought that was funny. That's very good. I just thought it was so strange that I got to name my rival. Now I call him Fail. And I really, the rival in this game is both terrific and awful. Like, you know, in the first game, the dynamic obviously, you know, makes a lot of sense. He's he's just kind of a jerk, but he's also sort of just like that, that kid you knew growing up who's sort of always bragging about how he, 
his dad has a bigger car than your dad, right? You know, he has that kind of energy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And this one is just like, no, he's not really your rival. He's just like a criminal who... He's just a bad guy. Yeah. He's like a street urchin. Right, who just sort of like works in parallel to you. But like, it's weird that he even talks to you. You have no relationship with this person. Well, talks to you and shoves you. He shoves you all the time. All the time. He's a thief. He's, I mean, like, he doesn't have much of an arc in this game, except, I guess, just being told that he's so mean. And occasionally he'll have, like, a line of dialogue where he's like, Am I too mean? Yeah. No, don't worry about it. Then he shoves <laughs> yeah. you out of the way. And, like, that's, that's <laughs> the end of that. Yeah. This one was interesting. He has a Golbat that's level 30, a Magnemite level 28, a Hunter level 30, Sneasel level 32, which was kind of fun. Love a Sneasel. And then the alternate starter, so mine has a meganium. But after you fight him, he has kind of like an existential crisis for a moment. Right. This is his biggest introspective moment, I guess. He basically is like, maybe I, maybe I should treat my Pokemon better, and maybe I should like clean up my act. Literally every single interaction you've had with him until that point, like he's just been handed a defeat by like someone you've been interacting with, like the sage at the top of the Bellsprout Tower or Blaine, the dragon trainer. And every single one of them is like, you mistreat your Pokemon and you're a bad person. And it took until this point where he's (laughs) just like, maybe I mistreat my Pokemon and I'm a bad person. Here's my question in terms of the wider world of Pokemon. I mean, like, so I love Pokemon just in general. I love the idea of them as this sort of like buildings Roman where it's like about children, like must leave the home and you know, strike out for themselves and be self-sufficient and grow up. And it it all feels very, like, when I was 11 years old, it's the coolest idea of the world, right? That you could just, like, leave your home and... Fight animals. Walk around and go to visit towns and, yeah, catch animals. You don't know me, Mom. Yeah, exactly. And I, of course, never let my mother keep my money, by the way. You guys... Smart. Did both of you make that mistake? I can't remember. At least one of you made that mistake. (laughs) Yeah. We both made that mistake initially, but I had an opportunity to correct it, and I took it. Right. It's just, why is there no authority in Pokemon who can come to you and be like, sort of like an ASPCA type, you know, like, hey, you're clearly, like, cruel to animals. Like, you are not allowed to have Pokemon. Give them back. (laughs) <laughs> and like just like put your name up at the Pokemarts like you can't buy Pokeballs like don't sell to this kid he's mean yeah exactly I think this is a libertarian society Johto and uh it does seem that way Kanto so far there's no law enforcement like no one's allowed to have locks on their doors oh yeah yeah you could just walk in any building you want you just barge into anything before we get too far away from it, I will say that the rival Sneasel is my You Make Me Barf Pokemon of the Week. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And Josh, I know Sneasel is a sweetie on your sweetie sheet. Yeah, this is interesting. Sneasel's gross. What is it? It's uh, it's like an ice, ice weasel. Ice, ice weasel. I don't like it. Yeah, Ice Weasel. That doesn't sound good when you say it that way, though. It's like a little wolverine. It has, like, little claws, and it's cool, and it kind of has, like, a little amulet. And, like, eyeshadow. It's got, like, almost a kind of a cat look, too. I don't like it. I think it's gross. Well, I think it's kind of cool. She's got, like, one long ear and one short ear, which is sort of a... That's kind of unusual. Sneasel's fun. I think it was a pretty inventive sprite design for this gen. Oh, gross. Ugh. 
Uh, there's a lot of things I love about Pokemon, and I have devoted a not insignificant part of my life to recording a podcast about Pokemon. But <laughs> I did a search oh, no. for Sneasel on Google. Okay, okay, few. And found an image on furaffinity.net. Oh, no. See, things are going south again. It's a Sneasel, and it's wearing a diaper, and it appears to be doing farts in the <laughs> diaper, and it's embarrassed about it. Okay. And that was on the safe search, and, and that was like, Google was like, oh, this one's fine. That's clean, relatively speaking. This one's fine for you to look at, Tanner, while you're recording your podcast. Yeah. So now that's something I've seen is this Sneasel farting into a diaper. Well, that doesn't help. I mean, that's tainting your opinion. My opinion was tainted going into it, and now it's gone. Now there's no recovery. (laughs) This thing is so gross. Okay, well, I'm not removing Sneasel from Joshi's Sweeties list. No, and Fjallsan will begrudgingly catch one because it's his goal to catch every sweetie but i'm hating it i'm hating it i'm hating it anyway (sighs) i like it oh i i just found it i'm sorry i was clicking around trying to find it and this is very strange you did find it (laughs) i did find it yeah i just wanted to see this is a this is a fetish fetish image right no none of them look like that oh i see the image all right all right all right now so now we've all seen it it's a full diaper (laughs) <laughs> I'm not here to. I'm not here. If you're if in a, if you're in the furry community, that's fine. And I'm not here to to tell you not to be. And I hope you're having fun with that. I just like. I don't like Sneasel, and I don't like Sneasel farting into its diaper. Sure. My runner-up for you bake me barf Pokemon of the week was also a, a sweetie, and it was Swinub. So, oh, Josh, you and I are disagreeing a lot this week. I think. What's wrong with Swinub? It's a little ice. It's again, it's ice, ice pig. It's a little like a hedgehog or like a... It's gross. I only like one ice type Pokemon and it's Cloyster. What about Articuno? Most ice type Pokemon are gross. Oh, Lapras. What about Jinx, guys? Oh, yeah. I'll get into Jinx. I caught a Jinx in this one. Make our way up Radio Tower. We make our way down Radio Tower. We each get a different item, I believe. I got the rainbow wing. Yeah, I got silver wing. I believe that's where I got the silver scale, but now I actually want to make sure. I think you got the clear bell. The clear bell. That's what it is. That's it. Right. I did actually go and catch suicide. Okay. Uh, su- su- sorry, suicune. How, how suicune? However you say. We, uh, there's, no good, there's no right way to pronounce it. Who knows? Is it suicune? I always forget how you say it. Uh, I did catch her. It, him, they're genderless. The legendary Pokemon have no gender for whatever reason. They're very forward thinking. I will say this. Fjallstan did journey to the top of Tin Tower. And while he was there, he did capture Ho-Oh, even though Ho-Oh is not a sweetie, because he caught it for a friend. He knew that like, due to advanced technology and the Pokemon Bank, some future iteration of him would probably want oh. to have a Ho-Oh. So he was like, I know this is not a sweetie, but I'm going to catch it. I'm going to bank it. It's very generous. He, that's another trait he took on from Josh Fjellstad. He's a generous spirit. Yeah. And Josh, did you do anything at the top of Tin Tower? I did not go to Tin Tower because Silverwing you need for the Whirl Islands, which I actually did do right before this. And in the Whirl Islands, I heard the call of a uh, Lugia. Stupid name. I caught Lugia. Lugia is pretty cool. Lugia. Lugia, whatever. Lugia is better than Lugia. 
as a kid, you know, back when you, I was a kid and I could like, you know, I could only own the one game. I got gold. And so I do have a soft spot for Ho-Oh because Ho-Oh was sort of the legendary Pokemon I could get when I was a kid. Yeah. But Lugia, Lugia, whatever, very cool. Both cool. I like the Ho-Oh design better, but I do think, I think the Lugia, Lugia story is cooler where it's like this Pokemon that always comes out in like storms and is really good at like diving like depths of the ocean and psychic flying is fun. It's got Aeroblast, its own unique move. Yeah. Which is pretty sick. That is cool. I like Lugia, and I have have had one on my team before if I were not banning legendaries. Right. Ho-Oh kind of, I'm looking at the sprites, kind of looks like an Aztec god. Like the red-green combination is very cool. Oh, yeah. It's got a cool look. Also has a, you know, notorious surprise appearance the last minute of the first episode of the cartoon, the anime. That's something I just recently learned. As a kid, I was like, I got to know about this bird. Who's this magic bird? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. That, I was so shook as a kid by that. Like, I was like, how did, how did Pokemon Company do this? How did, they, how did they know about this Pokemon? Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty impressive. All right. So then after Tin Tower and Whirl Islands, we make our way east to Route 44, which we will discuss after we take a quick break. And we've made our way to Route 44. There are a number of interesting Pokemon that you can catch on Route 44. Some, although, Josh, I'm not sure you would like any of them. Um, what do you mean? Well, the options are, at least in gold, Bellsprout and Weepin' Bell, whatever. You've also got the option to catch Tangela. Tangela. Ugh, rearing its ugly amorphous head again. 30% chance of catching Tangela in all three games. Or Lickitung. I came across a Lickitung, and I did capture it. I didn't like it, just to have it in the collection. But then there's also Remoraid. Yeah. You need the Super Rod to catch Remoraid, which I don't think any of us have the opportunity to have yet. Yeah, we don't have Super Rod yet. I think you get that in Kanto. It takes forever to get the Super Rod. Oh, man. It's very annoying keep waiting on that remoraid there's a low chance headbutting encounter of heracross which is a, a pokemon that i i think is quite fetching and would like to introduce to my team in the near future because i think it'd be fun to play around with a bug type yeah bug fighting is a cool combo right and love the look route 44 is is fairly inconsequential you make your way past route 44 to this awful cave <laughs> oh, Ice Path. Called yeah. Ice Path. And it wasn't until I looked it up on Bulbapedia afterwards that I realized that Ice Path is really only awful for me. And why is that? You both get some rad Pokemon in there, like Delibird. Oh, yeah. And it's just not in gold. And in fact, in every floor of Ice Path, the chance to encounter Zubat is significantly higher just in gold. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah. You really got screwed. It's lower in both of your games. I All I get is Zubats. <laughs> oh, my God. Zubats and Swinubs. And I don't even get the fun Pokemon that you get, like, Jinxes and Delibirds and stuff. I really thought about trying to do the whole Swinub, Swine thing. So I caught a Swinub. But they, I, they're, I think they're perfectly cute. But they are 
really pathetic. You know, they cannot help themselves at all. So it would have just been a total slog <laughs> yeah. to try and get that thing up to 45. It, you know, ice ground is fun. That's a fun combo. Isn't there a third evolution that's kind of like cool looking? It's like a mammoth. Yeah. A mammoth swine. But that that's not in Crystal. I think that's in a later game. Oh, okay. That's right. Did you guys have fun in Ice Pat? It was, it was one of those puzzle caves where you got to do a lot of like skating around and boulder pushing and stuff like that relatively challenging but i like that the ice takes up a lot of the space so you're not constantly being barraged by these pokemon that are not they don't give you a ton of experience right right i also was kind of vibing with the uh it's got like swedish like death metal music the soundtrack i don't know if you remember ice path it's very like raucous yes Or as close as the 8-bit Pokemon games are able to approximate Swedish death metal music, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. So I like the aesthetic. The only other thing I wanted to say to pick up a thread earlier is I came across a Jinx, which is only 5% chance of showing up, so I did capture it, despite obviously being displeased with what I was looking at. But the main thing I wanted to bring up, because we've talked about this previously, is like, what is the deal with Jinx? Like, how is this not just literally a person? Right. The entry on Silver for Jinx, the Pokedex entry, says that it speaks a human-like language what what is happening here like what does that mean a human like language do you mean a human language <laughs> yeah it says it speaks a language similar to that of humans however it seems to use dancing to communicate so dancing's involved somehow it's too much to think about and and uh, it's making it more complex and weird i hate these things and you're a pervert for catching one <laughs> I gotta catch them all. And shame on you. And also, you like Sneasel even though it farts in diapers, so shame on you. <laughs> I mean, you guys have ragged on Jinx enough, but like, Jinx is just absolutely unspeakable. It's gross. <laughs> it's so gross. And beyond the, the, the blackface that they deal with, I guess, by making right. her purple, it's just so weird that she like has a dress and the you know, human hair. It's just... It just, she doesn't make any sense. And she speaks a human-like language, apparently. And they just keep piling it on with these weird... Like, they dig the hole deeper. Right. They're like, oh, it communicates like a human, and it dances. In Gen 3, it's going to be like, Jinx has family and rich social lives. <laughs> Especially those 150, you know, the, the original Kanto decks. Like, most, so, almost all of them, it's like, you know, Oddish, it's a plant. You know, Polywag, it's a tadpole, right? You know, like, it's so obvious, and Jinx, you're like... I, an opera singer is that is that the vibe <laughs> like it's it's just so it's ice type <laughs> yeah it's just so weird especially when you then like learn like oh and this one was cut i'm like you were cutting pokemon and jinx made it i, I feel like you guys have done right? this already but it is so it's just so odd to think that that one made the cut after the holiday episode, someone did tweet us to, I guess, defend Jinx's blackface, which is a weird move, but like it's Twitter, so of course. But oh yeah, apparently it's based on like a Japanese folklore myth. 
Bulbapedia is very mixed on that. You should read into the deep Bulbapedia where they're like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> some people are like, "Uh, that was the that theory is questionable because that you know was not really happening when Jinx was being created." I don't know. You can get into it. We shouldn't be talking about Jinx. She's not important. I'll never fight with a Jinx. <laughs> no, but Josh will. No, she's never coming out of that box. <laughs> Gross. Make our way through <laughs> Ice Path and on to Blackthorn City, which is an interesting little town perched up on the top of a mountain, apparently. Very dramatic looking. Yeah, it's surrounded by all of the, you know, the, the mountain hill kind of tile set. It's surrounded by cliffs. You have to, like, jump up and down cliffs to get anywhere, so. And there's, there's like, no big houses apart from the Poka Mart and the Poka Center. There's just like tiny little huts. So you think of it as this sort of like dramatic windswept kind of place. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot to do here, but for going to Blackthorn Gym and taking on Claire and her cronies. In fact, is there any... Anything notable in this city? I don't think so. You can buy Ultra Balls. I believe that that's the only thing I think about. Finally. Yeah. It's like it takes forever to be able to buy an Ultra Ball. Right. This is where the move deleter is. Right. Who can delete HMs, which I did use to delete Fly from Sandy Cohen. But I think that's it. Oh, oh, there's an absolutely demented woman <laughs> or man. I, can't, I, I think it's a, who demands a female Dragonair and in Crystal is offering me a Dodrio like as trade that's a bad trade and i'm like that's the worst trade why would i ever make that trade you can go catch a dodrio anywhere maybe this is a jack and the beanstalk situation where it's like the dodrio is actually like it has some kind of like special like power right right and it's the secretly the most powerful dodrio in, in all of kanto and, and johto oh sure that could be it i've never made that trade and i wonder what like lame ass name it has yeah that would ruin it that you are then stuck with because anytime you do the trade, you have to deal with whatever dumb name they gave the Pokemon. Yeah, like Shucky. Shuckle. <laughs> Gross. I ran into one Dratini in the Dragon's Den, which we'll get to. And then raising it to be a Dragonair, and it's got to be female, you would obviously keep that. Yeah. That's, Dodrio's dime a dozen. That's what I did. I kept my Dratini. I turned it into a beautiful Dragonair named after the eclectic filmmaker Jonathan Demi. The beautiful Jonathan Demi. <laughs> and the Dragoneer's with me to this day, and one day it'll be a Dragonite, is the hope. Man, that's a real step down, huh? Dragonair for, to Dragonite. Just like this sleek, beautiful Pokemon to this, like, chonky Charizard ripoff. I know. It, I, it's got its own charms, I think. He's cute, but it is funny that, like, Lance, the, you know, the terrifying Dragon Master, essentially, yeah, throws out four, like chubby you know cutesy little wing dragon dragonites at you but yeah i don't know i don't know why they're so cartoonish yeah so we make our way to blackthorn gym which is this sort of like upstairs downstairs british drama where (laughs) okay claire and her like high esteem cronies are on the upper floor and then they're surrounded by lava it's like Mustafar. I suspect that most of Claire's body was burned off in a Jedi battle, and now she spends all her time here in her gym surrounded by lava in like a cyber suit. That's cool. I love that. They don't go into it, but like I just sort of like read into that a little bit. She has seen some shit. 
Yeah. She's got a cool sprite, though. She's got a cape. She's clearly like an acolyte of Lance, and they like train together. I'm sorry. I have a huge crush on Claire. She is absolutely the coolest, (laughs) even though she's so mean to you. Or is part of it that she's mean to you? Yeah, it's partly that she's mean to me. I mean, as listeners of my <laughs> podcast will know, apparently my type is is what's called a, a bossy round face. <laughs> and uh, that is, that's sort of her vibe. She's definitely got a bossy round face vibe. And uh, Oh, yeah. You know, she's actually kind of hard. I think of her as the only gym leader of the eight in gold and silver crystal who really test you like it's three dragonairs you got to work through you know they're kind of a pain in the ass and a kingdra and a big old kingdra you do some boulder pushing in black thorn gym you battle some dudes it's all about dragon types in this game but like everyone either has a dratini a cedra a horsey or a dragonair until you get to claire who has three dragonairs yeah and then a kingdra which like there's so many dragon type Pokemon to choose from. Why is like her main ringer dragon type Pokemon like this ugly ass sea? What do you call him? Sea horse? Sea dragon. Kingdra is not attractive. I cannot deny this. It's stupid looking. No, it just looks like a Seedra that like started decomposing and like stuff started growing off of it. So, yeah, it has this sort of fin, but it looks like it's just sticking its tongue out of its mouth. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like yeah. Waggling it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gross, and it like it was a, a contender for you make me barf this week. But you were really almost yakking at every turn. It was a gross little run of Pokemon that we went on. <laughs> I do think Claire was. Um, I think her gym's cool. It's got this like actual dungeon, right? Like kind of eighties early video game style layout, which I liked. I liked the aesthetics. She was easy because I had you had Lapras. Yeah. Summer had Ice Beam at that point, so right. that was a joke. Yeah, did Claire give either of you any trouble? I lacked an ice attack, so I was just... I think my Poliwhirl had Ice Punch, so he was sort of trying to keep up the whole time. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I like the... Lava is cool. Lava is a move. That is cool. Not everyone has a lava-flooded house that they live <laughs> in. Right. That's true. That's provocative. It's literally Darth Vader, Dr. Evil, and Claire. Those are the icons. Right. So... We beat her. You beat her, and then she throws a hissy fit, and she was like, well, I'm not going to give you the badge, because you haven't proven yourself yet. And she demands that you travel just north of her gym to the Dragon's Den, which I think is what Shark Tank is called in England, but I'm not sure. David, you would know. That is correct. It is called Dragon's Den, and they're always calling themselves dragons, and it's a little bit much. (laughs) (laughs) It's got this dark energy the again like the soundtrack in dragon's den is like this chaotic like crazy music i kind of liked it but yeah for me it was a fairly uneventful trip through the dragon's den i don't think i encountered a single wild pokemon you just make your way through and you get this scale that is like what you need to prove yourself to Claire to like give her the badge. But apparently you can run into Pokemon in this place, right? Yeah. In Crystal, the Dragon's Den is much more convoluted. They, I think, realize that there should maybe be something going on here. 
Yeah. If it's going to be such a, you know, incredible test of your, you know, Pokemon skills. So you meet these elders and they like ask you five questions. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. And I forgot about that. He gives you a Dratini if you get them all right. It's a weird set of questions. And I think if you ask them all right, the Dratini comes with a cool attack called Extreme Speed, which is like a super quick attack that's cool there's just it's a little more of a sort of like you know oh you are passing your final challenge vibe crystal i think in general and all of these games like emerald and that right the sort of third game in every generation right serves that purpose where they're like oh like let's tweak it to make it you know flow a little better yeah because like nothing happened for me in dragon den i went in got the scale and that was it yeah, in gold, silver, it's just a big pool, and then they, they rope it off with like a whirlpool that you can now use because of defeating Claire. I ran into a Dratini, and I accidentally killed it. <laughs> you squished it. <laughs> yeah, you squished it. I just got the scale, and I got out of there. So you get the scale, and, and Claire meets you in the, the cave and says, congratulations, you get whatever my badge is called. Josh, you would know. The uh, I do usually know that. The rising badge. The rising badge. There you go. Rising badge. And she gives you maybe dragon rage or dragon breath or some some dragon TM. Dragon breath. Yeah, dragon breath. You get to keep the dragon fang. It's a dragon fang. Oh, dragon fang. Right. Also cool. Is it like a empowers dragon type Pokemon or something like that? Yeah. Gonna have to catch a dragon for myself. Yeah, Demi's all kitted out. Oh, yeah. Did you get this Pokemon from the Elders with Mega Speed or whatever? Extreme Speed. Extreme Speed, David? Uh, I got a Dratini, but I did not answer all the questions, right? The questions are not easy. They're sort of like, should your Pokemon be your friend or your, you know, ally? Or, you know, like, there's sort of like <laughs> right. oblique questions. So I, de- I got the Dratini. I believe that is the Dratini I raised, actually. I can't remember which one. Okay. But I did not, I do not have extreme speed. And that's probably why Josh beat me at the bar and why I'm a failure as a Pokemon master. You'll get there. I'll get there. You'll get there. We can perhaps have a rematch one of these days. I look, I don't have to, you know, no matter what, I we got to hang out once in a while and battle because I am going to continue to play these games alongside you and I am uh, very thrilled to do so. Yeah, let's do it. Let's definitely do, we'll do another meetup. Yes. So that was it this week. We made our way from Mahogany Town to Blackthorn City by way of the radio tower. Yeah. The three of us battled, and it was unclear and unimportant who won and who (laughs) lost. (laughs) Right. We're all winners. Everybody gets a participation trophy. Well, and we're, we're we're all friends now, so like you know that's that's a that's and we're all friends now. That's that's a win, right? You don't keep score. Yeah. David walked into the bar and greeted us both with a hug and a smile, and it was like we've always been old friends. And in a lot of ways, we have because you listen to our podcast, and I've listened to your podcast for many years now. So it's like that's crazy. It's like we've been friends for quite a while. That's the power of podcasts. It is the power of podcasts. You listen to these people talking, and you're like, oh yeah, they know who I am. And that's how I felt about you guys. Yeah. Yes, I was half an hour late because I was interviewing Bong Joon-ho. I assume that article is either posted <laughs> oh, by right. now or never seen the light of day. Humble um, So I apologize <laughs> for that. It's the best excuse I've ever gotten for being someone being late. It's a good excuse, yeah. Right. I had to meet you guys late because of that. And I was later than I said because Bong Joon-ho took 20 minutes to figure out how to become my Skype friend. 
But now we are Skype friends, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, that you could Skype with him, and we could we could all podcast. Let's battle him. Oh, we're only like a couple of clicks away from skyping him in right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> David. Yes. Where and how can people find your podcast on the internet? My podcast is called Blank Check with Griffin and David, and it's uh, you can find it wherever you, you please. Um, it's on Spotify and iTunes and all the all the things. We're pretty much wrapped on our Jonathan Demi miniseries, and uh, we've got someone else coming up after that who's going to be very exciting. And uh, we're we're deep in our March Madness, and you know you can go vote and oh yeah, pick who we're going to discuss on our show. And uh, my writings at theatlantic.com. I'm a movie critic there, and you can read my movie criticisms. And uh, that's, yeah, that's what I got going on. So the, the format of your show is you, you do sort of a mini series on a director that's usually like five to, what, 15 episodes? Yeah, I could, right. Any, anywhere in there. If you're looking for a way in, bug catchers, and you've never listened to Blank Check before, there are several episodes featuring one Bobby Finger, a.k.a. Mr. Joshua Fielstad. Oh, yeah. That is true. You can listen to our Cloud Atlas episode. Including an upcoming episode. That's right. Uh, we have an upcoming episode. Uh, should be posting, in fact, right around now, if my math is right. Yeah, but Bobby, yeah. Bobby talked to Cloud Atlas with us. He talked It's Complicated with us. And uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love It's Complicated. Ah. And also, we've referenced in the show, um, David and... Griffin have also interviewed the writers of Detective Pikachu, so that's oh, yeah, another that's good right. entry point. Plenty yes. of entry points for our fans. Yep. Yes. I, yeah, I guess I assume you guys will eventually cover the movie on this podcast. That's uh, one of our, our goals, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. The question is, will you cover the game Detective Pikachu, which I have never yes, played? Yes, absolutely. We will cover that. We're doing that. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. Tanner and I have differing opinions of it, too, which I think will make it fun. Okay, cool. I like it. Spoiler alert. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Your name has been Sims DeQuill, a.k.a. David Sims. <laughs> Joshua, you were Fialligator, a.k.a. Josh Fielstad. I, of course, was Chikoritan, a.k.a. Tanner Greenring. This has been Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast. This week, we made our way to Blackthorn City. Next week, we make our way back down to Newbark City and eastward to Kanto. Yeah. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow it on Spotify and do whatever it is you do to podcasts on things like Stitcher and Pocket Casts and things like that. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at expsharepod. Yes. That's it. That's it. And do you have anything to say, David or Josh? I love this show. I'm so glad I got to be on it. We're glad to have you, and it won't be the last time. And Josh, do you have anything to say? Do you have any like uh, sort of signature sign-off that you like to say, Josh, that I need to remind uh, you to say every week? Yeah. Um, so... Smell, smell, smell you later. Smell you. Oh, I used, I used, um, smell ya, comma, as a, as a sign off in an email. What'd you guys think about that? I felt like it was interesting. <laughs> smell ya. Just smell ya. I like it. Smell ya. Yeah. It was great. All right. Well, smell you later. Bye. Bye. Smell ya. <laughs>